Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 420, man. <laughs> I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Yeah, we're getting high this episode. It's not April 20th, but it's episode April 20th, so. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Anybody watch the uh, Royal Wedding? No. Hell yeah. <laughs> I knew Pam was going to be into it. Pam, did you like get I up? I just love love. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a shortage of nice things to look on, look at in the news. Yeah. For the most part. It's just really nice to see something like that. It's, yeah, it's just like super wholesome. And also, like, Meghan Markle is awesome. And the ceremony had a lot of big surprises that I think shocked the stiff upper lip British. So that was pretty fun, too. I didn't watch the whole thing. Like, that's way too long, but I did enjoy. The highlights well, on social media. Wait, so, so did you watch live? I watched like a tiny bit of it live because my mom is um, very invested in the royal family. <laughs> so she like came into my room at three o'clock and woke me up. She's like, Pammy, Pammy, it's happening. And I'm like, Mom. That's so cute. It's so early. So I like got up and like watched um, Harry and William walk into the church. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to sleep now. <laughs> I did watch HBO's coverage. They had Tish and Cord. They are fictional player um, characters played by Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. They did this um, back on New Year's Day for the California Rose Bowl, where they pretend to be news anchors, and they're a little stupid, and of course, it's really funny. And uh, so they did it again, but this time for HBO. It was on Amazon last time, and I loved it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, people got wedding fever, royal wedding fever. And Pam, you mentioned that it it shook the royals to their core. What was different about Meghan Markle? (laughs) Well, I think that like, you know, she is a biracial black woman. And that's not something that we see every day, um, regardless of how progressive Prince William and Harry are, you know, like they do come from a history, a historic line of, you know, very traditional uh, individuals and stuff. And so, you know, to see not just, you know, an interracial marriage occur that's like broadcasting all over the world, um, but just to see that, you know, they brought in this pastor that just like literally took them to church to give this really, really nice sermon about love and like loving everybody around you and like, you know, referencing Martin Luther King to like, having a black, mostly black choir saying, stand by me, it was just like really, um, it was really different. And my mom too, who has, like, she has watched not only uh, William's 
wedding live, but also Diana and Charles's wedding live. Like she remembers watching that. She's got like a long history of like really being into this stuff. She was just like, this is like nothing that I would have ever expected. And it's so different. It's so cool. So it was just kind of fun to talk to her and like hear how even she thought and like my grandma too, who was like into it as well, um, talking about how different it was and stuff like that. So it was definitely um, not just Twitter that took notice, but like people all over the world that took notice by how different it was. And it was cool for that reason. By the way, they had a really nice day for it. I kept seeing all these outdoor shots. Oh, my God. They didn't have a cloud in the sky over there. And it's I know. It's a miracle. Truly. Truly. Uh, anyway, so that was that. I've been uh, watching Starbucks bend over and get fucked. I am so annoyed by this new policy that they have announced this week. So a month or two ago... Two black men who went to a Starbucks in Philadelphia, went in, sat down, didn't buy anything, were denied the use of the restroom, and they were asked to leave. They said no. They said they were waiting for somebody. An employee called the police. The men were arrested. This rightfully caused a lot of outrage. There were protests. There were boycotts. There was accusations of racism. So now Starbucks has announced their new policy to make sure this type of thing doesn't happen again. They have announced that, quote, any customer is welcome to use Starbucks spaces, including our restrooms, cafes, and patios, regardless of whether they make a purchase. I hate this because this is, they didn't have to do this. This should not be the solution. We can't let places of business suddenly open up to everyone, whether or not they're buying something or not, because they're afraid of a situation like what happened in Philadelphia arising again. People like me, and the reason I get annoyed about this is because people like me go to Starbucks to work, to enjoy the environment, to not be in like a very crowded area. Starbucks are bad enough as they are because people like myself walk in with our laptops and we sit there for two to three hours and just stare at our screens. It's going to get even worse now. Why does Starbucks have to do this? I, I, I think there would have been a better way to handle this. So you want to be able to continue using Starbucks for extended periods of time, but you don't want other people to? Because I'm a paying customer. They're saying you don't have to buy anything anymore to use the bathroom, to sit down at Starbucks. You, you don't have to make a purchase. You can just walk in and do what you want there. I think the thing is you could do that before. I've certainly done that in a Starbucks before, and not for hours at a time, but uh, I've talked to a few friends of mine who work at Starbucks, and their responses to this were like, yeah, we definitely have people who come in and use the space and don't buy stuff, but we just kind of view it like it's a community space, and we just don't really say anything about it unless shit is getting really wild and we need space for paying customers. Then we might say something but in the case of what happened with these two gentlemen who were kicked out, it was totally uncalled for. And I think now, I mean, I think this is just Starbucks trying to correct that issue. I agree it might be a little bit of an overcorrection because now it's just going to invite jackasses to come in with their video cameras and be like, all right, I'm going to do the Starbucks challenge. I'm going to try sitting here for six hours because <laughs> right. that's what people do on the internet now. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I mean, to be honest, I think that they sort of had an unofficial policy like this before. And now because this one jackass employee ruined it for everybody, they have to state it. I I agree. I I think there has been that unspoken rule, so to speak. But still, I think this announcing it now just encourages more people to just chill Within Starbucks, hey, maybe I'll just go to Starbucks and sit down for a bit. I'm tired of walking. Let me go to Starbucks and sit down. Oh, let me go to the counter, ask for water, then sit there for two hours. Oh, let I me mean, use the already crowded bathrooms. I, You know, the bathroom thing doesn't bother me because who among us has not really had to go and right. really just wanted a clean restroom? I appreciate that. Um, but, like, as somebody that has worked at a coffee shop before in my life, I think that, like Laura was saying, most places kind of will – give you a little bit of a grace period if you're coming in and like sitting down you know mm-hmm. um but yeah the, there comes a point where it's like if it's really packed we gotta you know you gotta buy something or leave we're not telling like every single mostly it's kids honestly um when i was working um at this particular coffee shop it was right by a school so we would have kids that would come and like squatting sounds weird but they would like take up you know this really big table and then you know, it's fine until there's nowhere else to sit for people that have just spent like $20 for a group. So it's yeah. like, we're not telling like every one of you to get up and buy something. But like, can one of you please just buy something because, you know, people are complaining there's nowhere to sit. So yeah, I think that's reasonable. I don't like it. Starbucks are crowded as is. It's just going to get worse. I'm not going to Starbucks anymore. Honestly, to sit down and work. Like, I'll just go to a local coffee shop. I was going to say, this is a great opportunity for you to support local small business. Hell yeah. We have a lot of news to get to today. And also, we're going to debut a new segment I'm calling Millennial. And yes, it does kind of sound like an STD, but it's Millennial Help. Millennial Help. And we're going to talk about savings, something that's not fun, but very important. Quick plugs, though, first. Um, Number one... Laura and I just released a couple of new landies on patreon.com slash millennial, and they are now available going forward in audio format. We got um, in the survey that we recently launched, which we'll uh, mention again in a minute, people said they like the landies, but they want to hear them instead of watch them. So maybe listen in your car or whatnot. And there you go. We're making them available in audio format starting this week. Also, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our listener, Ryan McAllister, whose birthday is was uh, May 21st. Um, and I felt the need to give him a shout out, especially because he was visiting Chicago. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to meet up with him. So happy birthday, Ryan. I'm glad we share a birthday week together. Sorry, the weather here in Chicago sucks. <laughs> And finally, we wanted to give another plug for our Patreon 2018 survey. A lot of you have already participated in this, and thank you so much. We are already implementing some of your suggestions, so we really, really appreciate your candor there. Um, But we still want to hear from more of you, so we're keeping the survey open until this Friday, which I should have checked the date before I started that sentence. This Friday, the 25th. (laughs) So you have until uh, Friday, May 25th to take the survey. It is open to all current patrons, past patrons, and people who've never been patrons because we want to find out what we can do to make the bonus content better and more appealing for everyone. So help us out, please. One of our patrons is listening live right now. That's one of the benefits. Uh, Katie, uh, she's chiming in with a little bit of feedback 
concerning Starbucks. She says, part of the new rules for the cafes at Barnes & Noble include the allowance of any and all outside food being allowed. So now people can bring in a full meal from Jack in the Box and eat it in the cafe. (laughs) Now it's a lunchroom, too. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like there should be a movie theater role there, right? Like, the movie theaters tell you you have to buy your food from them. And of course, we all sneak food into the theaters, but at least we have the decency to hide that we're doing it. Yeah, under the cover of darkness. <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like that has changed because the other day I went to see Deadpool too, and these two guys, they just walked in with a big-ass Subway sandwich. Like, <laughs> didn't even bother hiding it. One guy was holding the sandwich like, you know, Rafiki would hold up Simba in the beginning of The Lion King. I'm not even joking. I can't make this up. And the other one was walking in with a two-liter soda and a bag of chips. Wow. that's That takes some guts. I'd be afraid somebody would say something to me. Uh, me too. But I guess if you just walk in like you own the place, nobody says anything. I actually have a question for you two about eating in movie theaters. Me and my boyfriend are at odds over this. So when 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 you go to a movie theater, you, you bring in your soda, your food. I throw my trash on the ground and I leave it there. Why? Because, because what? <laughs> oh let me God. finish. Let me finish. Because what do we see at the end of the movie theater? At the end of the movie, the employees walk in and they're always clean up. That is part of the experience. I can make a mess and they will clean it up for me. No. Now, my boyfriend, every time I leave trash on the ground, he picks it up before we leave. <laughs> yeah, so, it's probably Andrew. because Pat, that's your boyfriend's name, right? Has yes. probably worked in the service industry and understands how disgusting it is. Andrew. Uh, Andrew, what? the reason that people are coming in to sweep... And mop is because of things like spilled popcorn or spilled drinks, like things that accidentally happen. Not Andrew being like, well, fuck this shit. I'm going to throw all of my Skittles wrappers on the floor. I'm not going to expend the extra energy to take this 25 feet to the garbage can. I believe part of the movie going experience is throwing your trash on the ground. Who taught you that? Awful. Who taught me that? I don't know. I just grew up watching trash lay on the ground when I exit the movie theater. You're like that old person that's like, I'm just making sure they have job security. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Angel says something similar. She says, oh, my God, Andrew would burn a house to make sure the firefighters still have a job. All right. Since since I'm clearly wrong here, starting now, I will take my trash out. I won't throw it on the ground. Thank you. I just, I, I just, I honestly thought this might be a bit of a debate, but I guess not. No, I feel like I need to like make one of those Sarah McLaughlin style commercials that they do for animals, except with moody movie theater employees. Mm. Talk about if you care about these faces. You will pick up your garbage, Andrew yeah, be- Sims. But also, like, you don't even know the kind of stuff that they find in there. Yeah. Too. Well, yeah. It yeah. Is- I have heard that especially, like, with Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff like that, they have found some shit in those theaters. Yeah, they found my wet diaper at the end <laughs> of Fifty Shades. <laughs> God damn it. So, um, I wanted to talk about a subject that's actually really important to us all, saving for retirement or just saving money in general. 
Um, and I'm calling this Millennial because I think it rolls off the tongue nicely and it fits in with the Millennial hashtag brand. I will be the first one to admit that I have not had any savings. Like I've kept money in order to buy the condo that I now have, but I haven't had like, oh, this is a savings account for retirement or, oh, this is specifically a savings account. I've never done that. But my dad and what is what did dads know? Um, he's always encouraged me to start a savings account. I particularly need it because I don't have a 401k. I'm not an employee somewhere else. And then I was reading this article from Motley Fool last week, and they have this report that's pretty scary. One third of Americans have less than $5,000 set aside for the future, according to new data from Northwestern Mutual. And 21% of Americans have no retirement savings at all. And I'm part of that statistic. Oh, yeah. It sounds about right. Um, Honestly. Laura, you have a 401k, right? I do. Yeah. Pam, you probably don't. No offense, but you're (laughs) self-employed. I am self-employed. But I do have a a small – when I worked at – with the county when I was in university – because I was a county employee, they actually like require you to have some kind of savings. So I do have like a very, very small and I mean, like, blink and you'll miss it. Um, <laughs> retirement <laughs> yeah. account because of that. But other than that, I mean, like, it's really hard, not even just if you're self employed, but also if you're like paying back student loans to actually save money to get ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were actually some very interesting numbers that show Saving even a little bit every month can go a long way. All you have to do is set aside a few hundred dollars a month. For example, now I know that can sound like a lot of money, but it's not as much money as you might think. For example, if you start saving $300 a month at age 30, let's say you're you're late to this like me, you will have by the age of 65, $620,000 saved for retirement. Let's say you're a lot younger. If you start saving $300 a month at age 25, you'll have $932,000 saved. If, if you're really late, let's say 35, it's $408,000. 40 years old, $263,000. So this just really spoke to me. And what I did, this is something my dad and brother use. There's this great app called Stash. Either of you heard of this? Oh, yeah. I use Stash. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, so it's, a, it's, an, it's all through an app, a free app. You put some money in. You can auto add to your stash every month and then you can invest in these different um investment groups for example there's something called there's a group called internet titans now this isn't just google this is a bunch of companies um probably 50 companies per investment group. So the point is that you're investing in, say, Internet Titans. This has Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, PayPal, Google, eBay, Twitter, tons of others. They're all lumped in here. Uh, Each has a certain percentage of the overall investment. So that way, you're not really taking a risk because unless all of these companies fall apart, unless all of these Internet Titans fall apart, then you're fucked. But you can feel confident in putting your money into these. Um, There is a risk level as well for each of these uh, portfolios. So you can, you know, you can decide, all right, maybe I want something extremely safe or okay, maybe I want something with a little bit of risk. But I have to say it's fun. It's a beautiful app. I love the different investment portfolios you can put money into. For example, there's one called Young Money, 
which is younger companies, which uh, appeal to millennials. Are you in any of these, Laura? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, to be honest with you, I set that account up a really long time ago and put like $5 on it. And I don't remember what I did with it. Mm-hmm. I should probably have a look again. But the thing is, I already have a 401k and a savings account. Mm-hmm. So this isn't super high priority. But yeah. I mean, why not? I can try and make a little extra. Hell yeah. There's one called Equality Works. Invest in a bunch of companies that support LGBT rights and have LGBT employees. Uh, There's one for those of you who love clean and green energy. Uh, There's one all involving water companies. (laughs) There's there's just lots of fun. There's a lot of different themes that you can invest in. Invest in women who lead. That's what I really like about it. There's just like all these different categories, and you just pick your own interests. Anything else you would add here about saving? Any tips you have? Um, my thing is, I think it's a lot easier to save if you don't notice that the money's going away. Mm. Um, so if there's any way, I know a lot of banks will do this, where you can set your savings account to automatically deduct X amount of dollars when you get paid. So like on payday, as soon as your uh, paycheck hits your account, it'll automatically deduct, you know, $200 or whatever. And chances are it'll do that before you even see that your pay is hit. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what I really like about having a 401k is the money is taken away from me before I even have it. So I don't miss it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you go and check your account after a few months and you're like, oh, shit, I have a lot of money in here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually got a voicemail from one of our patrons. I asked people to uh, call in with their tips, and we also have some written tips as well. Uh, Let's play the voicemail first. Hello, Millennial. My name is Scott, and uh, I'm 27 years old and live in California. I saw the request for folks to call in and discuss 401k plans and other retirement plans that we take part in. I work in the uh, public sector, so my job provides a 401k-style plan called the Turf Savings Plan. I also have a Roth IRA with Vanguard. Um, one tip that I actually learned from a mentor at my first job is to never, ever, ever, ever pass up on free money. With 401k plans, your employer usually has an option to match a certain percentage of your pay to your 401k. You always want to make sure that you put in a minimum amount that would give you your maximum matching amount. For example, say your employer matches 5% of your pay, you better be putting in at least 5% of your paycheck to the 401k. It's essentially a 5% bonus that can be applied to your retirement. Another thing that I've learned um, in the job hunting field, at least, is to look at the entire compensation package, not just the salary that comes on your offer letter. Consider the cost of living for your job location the number of hours or days of vacation or sick leave, paternity paternity leave, look at the health insurance premiums that you have to deduct from your paycheck every month, um, and the quality of the health plans. Another thing is the 401k vesting requirements or the amount of time it takes for you to legally own your employer's matching contributions. In the end, the best offer might be a job that pays, say, 10000 less per year than another job, but that offer has, you know, amazing paid time off and retirement benefits. Um, be competitive and show some muscle if you're um, allowed to negotiate your compensation terms. 
is usually isn't an option in the public sector, but I know in the private sector from personal experience, it can definitely work. That's pretty much all I have that I can think of right now in regards to retirement and uh, job hunting. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Been a long time listener since the early days of MuckleCast. Keep up the good work. Peace out. Thank you, Scott, for sharing all that. Nice yeah, that's awesome from... advice. Yeah, absolutely. Don't m- miss out on that 401k. <laughs> Those of you who are employed. Um, over on Patreon, we got some written responses. Ashley said, since I don't have benefit options through work, I put away a few hundred dollars per month into a Roth IRA account. That was something I was considering as well, but Stash just seemed easier. So I went with that. Um, I see, uh, Shane also uses stash. Alexandra says I'm 24 years old, Australian, and I'm hoping to put a deposit down on a block of land house to be built and used as first investment property. And then as a backup home slash income, if my mom runs out of retirement savings as she retires, uh, we have superannuation here, superannuation, and it's compulsory for employers to contribute, but so much gets lost to tax and super fund fees. It's honestly rather pointless to rely on, in my opinion. Hmm. And uh, one more. This is from Heather. My husband and I both work for public schools in Wisconsin, so we're a part of the Wisconsin retirement system. I'm told that we'll both have a pretty sweet pensions waiting for us when we retire, a pension system which has been described as rock solid and actually was strengthened by Scott Walker. <laughs> And I hate to give him credit for anything, so I'll just so I'll stop just short of doing so. Right now, that is all we have, but we are interested in starting a 403B as well. My promised pension is what will likely keep us going, uh, will likely keep us both working for public schools until we retire. Thanks, everybody who contributed. Patrons, there are uh, a lot more pieces of feedback over in the post if you want to check those out. Thanks, everybody who shared some stuff. Thanks, y'all. Wow, that was that was a very adult conversation. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, I think we should talk about underwear. That is a great idea. Our first sponsor this week is Me Undies. They are the best underwear we've ever wore. Even before they were an advertiser, we loved them. You might remember our first ad. Elisa said her boyfriend was in love with them. She actually, this is a fun fact about that. She told us off air that she actually had a hard time having sex with her boyfriend because he would refuse to take off his MeUndies. That's how good they are. MeUndies are the most comfortable underwear you'll ever own. They are made with a sustainably sourced material from beechwood trees. Their naturally soft fiber makes a fabric that won't sag down or ride up. And trust me, once you put on a pair, you will get it. I've had the briefs and I swear every time I put them on, I start feeling extra cozy. And not only are they comfortable, they're fun. They have so many cute designs available at MeUndies.com. These will be delivered right to your door. Didn't you just get a unicorn pair, Laura? I did. It's got unicorns and like shiny stars on it. And it's awesome. (laughs) I feel like a unicorn when I wear them. (laughs) This is one of those no-brainer deals because MeUndies is so sure you'll love your first pair that if you're not happy, they'll do whatever they can to get you into the right pair. And if they can't, keep them. They'll refund you. So it really is a risk-free way to try the best underwear ever. We've heard from some of our listeners, by the way, since starting these ads, and they're loving them too, which we're really glad to hear. And if you're already a part of the Beyondies fam, tell your friends about it through their referral program. They'll get a discount, and you'll get a store credit. It's a win-win. 
So let's get you a pair. First-time purchasers get 20% off their first pair of MeUndies and free shipping. That's 20% off plus free shipping and a guarantee that you and your MeUndies will be very happy together. Get your butt over to MeUndies.com and treat yourself. Again, 20% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. That's MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. You'll feel like a M-I-L-L yin bucks in that that unicorn underwear. I need to get myself a pair of those. All right, on to some news today. We're kicking things off on a somber note. On Friday morning, Santa Fe High School in Santa Fe, Texas, became the latest victim of America's gun violence epidemic. This is the 22nd school shooting of 2018. And that should really drive this whole discussion home. 22 shootings since the start of 2018, and we're barely halfway through the year, you guys. So in total, 10 people were killed, nine students, one teacher, and more than a dozen others sustained injuries. Uh, They've only released a few names so far, and maybe we'll get to those in a bit. Um, I'm sure some of you might be curious about the shooter. Uh, There's not very much to talk about here because, you know, we don't want to glorify the person that committed this terrible act. Uh, But what you should know is that he was a student at the school and his Facebook page indicated that he sympathized with Nazis and white supremacists and uh, he might have had an accomplice and both of them are currently in custody. I want to say that, you know, we should be shocked, but unfortunately, this is the America that we live in. There's no getting around that. And stuff like this isn't going to stop until sensible gun laws come into play. And that's basically that. I think the thing that is the worst, you know, because of course none of us were shocked by this, but I saw an interview with one of the survivors who was like 14, 15 years old, and they were asking her for her take on this. And her response was, I mean, she was clearly shaken, but she was like, to be honest with you, I was kind of waiting for it. I was expecting it to happen. I figured it's happening everywhere else. So when's it going to happen here? Yeah. The fact that we're sending our kids to school afraid for their lives is a really deeply fucked up reflection of this country and the gun debate. Yeah. And I was glad the girl who was interviewed said that because I think it is what a lot of people think these days. It does cross your mind. Could it happen here? Because when we see these stories, they seem so random. They happen in large towns and small towns alike. It it doesn't matter where you are. You could be involved in a mass shooting. Right. This is an epidemic that is not discriminating against how much money you make or where you're from, or where you're living. It's literally plaguing any and all cities in America. Anyone could be next, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's so awful. I I live right now near, like, four different schools within walking distance. Any of those schools could be next tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I think I, I said this last time we were talking about a mass shooting. My sister and mom work in an elementary school. My mom has said... On multiple occasions, you know, as as a secretary myself, I'm on the front line there at that school because mm-hmm. secretary's office right at the front of the school. 
Yeah, I mean, she is the person who has to check in guests and stuff when they come into the school, right? So yeah, exactly. She's literally the first face they see. And I cannot imagine how terrifying it must be for teachers and students to be walking into this like very significant part of their lives. For some of them, it's their job. For others, it's, you know, (laughs) the path towards adulthood and thinking I might not come out of here. I know. You know, my and my high school, too, like, I know a lot of high schools, you know, like you said, like, your mom would be the first person they see as a secretary. My high school was an open floor plan. You don't have to go to the office first. You can literally walk right onto campus. And there shouldn't be a reason why that shouldn't be a safe space still. You know, I don't want barbed wire and fences to go up around my alma mater just because we can't get this under control. Right. Or like Trump was campaigning for a couple months ago, arming teachers with guns. Yeah, well, I mean, asinine requests are really the only thing that I have come to expect from the hard right in terms of gun reform. Um, The lieutenant governor of Texas actually shortly after the shooting said that this was probably attributed to the fact that there are multiple entrances and exits to the school, which makes it easier for people to get in and perform mass shootings and suggested that maybe there should be fewer exits because that's a great idea. You know, cause if the school catches on fire or somebody right. pulls a fire alarm to get people to filter out so they can shoot at them, it's really great to have one entrance and exit. That's yeah. going to work so well. well. Not to mention that all the shooter has to do is block that entrance. Yep. And then pull the fire alarm and there you go how many more lives are going to be lost because we can't get through the one door they decided that we could go in and out of. Yeah, yeah. I saw this thing on Twitter where they someone was like, holy shit, they're going to ban doors before they ban guns. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yep. guess whatever helps them sleep better at night. Yeah. Not not that I want to entertain this argument, but how about windows? These, these shooters can just shoot from the outside through a window, too. It, let's just repurpose way. old jails and we can put all the kids in there. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. Or let's just get rid of windows. Kids don't need sunlight in the classroom. Hey, I actually have the right answer. School. Kids don't need school. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Let's go let's back to the olden kids. times where you stay at home and work on the farm with mom and pa and don't get educated and never leave your little hometown. That's Beautiful. That's how we make America great again, guys. There was also a disturbing statistic from the Washington Post More people have been killed at schools this year than have been killed while serving in the military. That is awful. That is where America stands right now. We're losing more people here at home for senseless gun violence than overseas and wars that we're still fighting. Yeah, school is not a combat zone. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Getting, um,. Some comments here from some of our patrons. Uh, Chelsea said, I'm a teacher and I cannot even imagine having to bring a gun to work. If I was legislated in Canada to do that, I would have quit my job. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned this yet either, but uh, the shooter got his weapons from, uh, they were owned by his dad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know really what to say about that other than maybe the dad should be held liable as well for letting somebody get access to these guns. I mean, like, and, and that's a really good point too, because 
my um like my grandparents they would take care of us after school when we were younger and my grandpa um has some hunting rifles but those were never like anywhere we could find them they were hidden so well that even if you went looking for them like you wouldn't be able to figure out where he had put them yeah and it's just crazy to me that anybody especially like in this time that we're living in would have those rifles easily accessible to their kids or firearms not necessarily just rifles especially if you know something's a little wrong with your kid this guy did have warning signs i mean he had a fucking born to kill shirt he was making these posts on social media that were not good that suggested that he did have issues, and yet he was still able to access these weapons. Well, I just have to ask, like, say that your teenager comes into contact with some other substance that they are not supposed to have legally in your home, like alcohol. This happens with teenagers all the time. Your teenager gets drunk because they're unsupervised in your home, and they find your stash, and they go out and get in the car and start driving and get into an accident and either injure or, God forbid, kill somebody. What happens mm-hmm. to the parents in those cases? They don't get off scot-free. So right. this shouldn't be any different. This is negligence. Right. All right. Well, until the next next mass shooting. Thoughts. Uh, good job, everybody, with your thoughts and prayers this time. We'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw a comic today that was like, um, in it was in heaven, and I forget who's at the gates of heaven. Is it St. Peter? No? Yes, it is okay. St. Peter. He's like yeah. the ultimate judge. Yeah. I was not raised religious, so I'm really bad at this stuff. But My Catholic upbringing is finally coming in handy, it's paying guys. paying off. <laughs> All that guilt. But it was like it had a picture of them at the gates and all of these thought like thought bubbles, like prayers, saying thoughts, prayers, thoughts, prayers. And he said to another angel, he was like, they keep sending their thoughts and prayers. And then the other one replied and said, yeah, and their kids. Mm. And I was like, oh, I have a friend who really doesn't like the whole thoughts and prayers thing to the point where he got the word thoughts on one bicep. And prayers on the other bicep. Tattooed. Wow. Permanent. Yeah. I'll give you some thoughts and prayers. But yeah, I mean, really, the (laughs) phrase thoughts and prayers has lost all meaning. It's useless. It's useless. It's literally an excuse to convey an acceptable, a socially acceptable (laughs) sentiment of sadness so that you can move on with your day and not contribute anything meaningful. But it, it doesn't even offer that anymore, does it? It's. I honestly think it's mostly for the people, you know? Because, like, all of these politicians that offer their thoughts and prayers, all these people that don't want to do anything about this, offering their thoughts and prayers, that makes them feel better. But they have no regard for the fact that that doesn't do anything for anybody else in that situation, you know? Yeah. Or any kid in the future that could find themselves in this situation. Yeah. And this time I was just thinking about how, my God, these these poor 10 people, their lives were taken so way too early for most of them. I think it was eight kids 
taken way too early because we can't get our shit together in this country. That is abhorrent. Yep. Let's talk about a lighter Ugh. debate. Yeah, I was going to say, country. until the next one. Um, so, much lighter topic. So, last week, the internet broke because of the infamous Laurel versus Yanny debate. If you live under a rock and haven't heard of this, the gist of it is that when listening to this short clip, some people hear Laurel, while other people hear Yanny. Andrew, can you play the original clip for us? Laurel. 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 Thank you. So, Pam, Andrew, what do you two hear? I hear gold. (laughs) What? I hear gold dress. (laughs) (laughs) White and gold. Hashtag I originally truth. heard Laurel, mm-hmm. and then I said, okay, I hear Laurel, I'll move on with my day. And then I, when I was going to bed, I decided to listen again, and that time I heard Yanny. Mm-hmm. Pam, what about you? I hear both, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yanny is more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, I hear Laurel, and there's been a ton of debate as Andrew said, kind of like the infamous blue or gold dress from 2014 about which answer is the right answer. And the answer is that both interpretations are correct. So everybody can give yourselves a round of applause. You're right. You can stop arguing now. Um, (laughs) I will say the original clip was lifted from a dictionary.com pronunciation guide for Laurel. Um, But there are a few reasons why some might hear Yanny instead. One of the more prominent reasons for this is how you're processing audio frequencies. So when listening on the lower frequencies in the clip, it's pretty evident why some would hear Laurel. Likewise, when focusing on the higher frequencies, it's easy to see why others would hear Yanny. Um, When the clip's frequency is adjusted up or down, it becomes easier to hear what you couldn't hear before. So for example, Mark heard Yanny and I heard Laurel, but when we adjusted the frequencies, we were both able to hear the opposite version. And we actually have this great New York Times article that has a sliding scale where you can adjust the frequency of the clip. So Andrew, can you do that for us right now? Yeah, let's go toward... I'm going to start it in the middle, and then I'll slide toward Laurel. Mm-hmm. Laurel. 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 And then Laurel. going back to Yanny. Laurel. Yanny. 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 Laurel. And then it's, it's pretty cool. So what is happening Laurel. here, Laura? So... This has to do with the different frequencies at which you're hearing things. So the pitch at which you're hearing the clip does kind of help dictate the way that you hear this this word, Laurel or Yanny, which isn't a word. Um, so if you're more likely, like if you have something I read was that if you're musically trained and your ears are more finely tuned to hearing higher pitches and higher frequency sounds, you're probably more likely to hear Yanny. Mm. Whereas if you're not, you might hear Laurel, um, which even though it really is Laurel based on the origin of the source, it's still not wrong to hear Yanny. So that's kind of like, that's like the very like TLDR, like didn't read version of the frequency part of this. 
Um, I would definitely recommend there are a few articles like New York Times, Vox, The Atlantic, they all have articles that are written more towards the audio lingual side of this in terms of like, how your ears process certain frequencies, it has to do with like the length of your ear canals. Um, and how they are perceiving the length of some of these sounds that are made by different people's like vocal folds, folds because everybody's vocal folds folds are different. Mm. Um, and I'm not terribly well studied in like the workings of the inner ear. So I would recommend checking those out because I don't want to give anybody any bad information there. Um, but there were a couple of other points and one linguistics point I wanted to bring up on this. Um, another factor that impacts this is the method that is being used to listen to the clip. So you can listen through your computer, phone, speakers, headphones, car stereo, God knows what else. And you're not going to get consistent results in terms of the frequencies with which those systems emit sound. So it's entirely possible to hear Laurel through your computer speakers, but hear Yanny through a different sound system. So really the only way to accurately test this would be to get a group of people together in the same room and use the same device to play it for everybody to see what differences there were in interpretation. There probably still would be differences at that point, but it might not be quite as um, rage inspiring as we've seen it on the (laughs) internet, because you just have people on the other end of a screen that you can't communicate with ranting into the ether that is Twitter about it. And that's why this debate has been so brilliant. We're all listening on different devices around the yes. world in different environments. So everybody's like, I heard this. No, I heard that. It's, and that explains why I heard two different things within hours apart. Like I know right before I went to bed, I was listening on the phone, whereas earlier in the day, I was listening on the computer. So Exactly. Well played. Yeah. And it also could have been the rooms you were in. Were you in the same room when you listened? No. Both t- yeah, so it's entirely possible that um, the sound quality in that room threw off what you heard. Maybe your bedroom where you go to sleep is quieter than it was where you were listening on your computer. Right, right. Um, there's also linguistics factors, um, which I'm the most excited about. I've spoken <laughs> to people who, for the life of them, do not hear, and this is where I'm going to get like linguistics weird and make phonetic sounds, and you're just going to have to bear with me, um, but for the life of them, they don't hear a, like a lull sound in there, like for Laurel. Um, but they do hear an N sound, like an N. Um, some linguists have speculated that this is because the ol sound isn't being voiced. So we're all used to distinguishing between certain sounds that are voiced and voiceless, like S and Z. Wherein the only difference in that case is because with z your vocal folds are vibrating and with s they don't. So it's literally the same like method of articulation for both of those sounds. Just one uses your vocal cords and the other doesn't. Um, but that's not something that we're used to encountering in the English language with ol. Like we're not used to hearing that without a voiced sound. So some people are probably just omitting that entirely and not hearing it. Um, the other in, the other consideration is that people who hear Yanny are hearing a nasal sound or an N in the middle. And that makes sense because even though I hear Laurel, 
The first vowel sound in that is very nasalized. If you play the clip, the way he says it is very like, it's like laurel. Like he's definitely producing some kind of airflow out of his nose that is making that first vowel sound nasalized. So since it's possible to produce nasally vowels, that's why some of us hear a vowel sound and others are picking up more on the nasally sound of it and thinking that it's an N. Uh, Why did this have to happen? (laughs) (laughs) Because there always has to be something on the internet. In 2014, it was the dress. In 2015, wasn't there a shoe? Yeah, that rings a bell. There was a bedroom or like a dresser in 2016. And now we have Laurel and Yenny. Um, Well, if the mass shooting debate has taught us anything, it's that questions like these will never be resolved, even with all this science being offered by Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can say that my linguistics MA has finally served some purpose. Mm hmm. I was so excited the other day. I was like, I'm going to get to talk about this on the podcast. And that $80,000 degree that I got is finally paying off. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can go back to that school and say, yeah, I I used uh, my degree to talk about that Laurel versus Yanny debate on my podcast. Yeah, I can go back to that school and be like, I make more money making dick jokes on this podcast than I make because of this degree. <laughs> they're gonna be like we're just gonna cross you off the alumni newsletter nobody needs to know <laughs> i think they have actually because I, I don't okay. i think my I school's done that too yeah they they write me constantly wanting money and i was like do not ask for me, me for money ever again you're not yeah, getting who the it. hell does that actually gives them money it's crazy anyway Hmm. it's fun stuff Yeah, thanks for enlightening us there. You're very welcome. I hope everybody feels better. There's no reason to have anxiety. You don't have like ear tumors if you're hearing one thing or the other. It's natural. It was a fun way for the internet to get together. Too often we are enraged for the wrong reasons on the internet. This was a fun debate. (laughs) Ha ha ha, fun. Yeah, well, speaking of fun... Time for a quick word from one of our sponsors, FabFitFun. The FabFitFun Summer Box is here. These boxes are an incredible value and come with full-size products whose individual values are often greater than the entire cost of the box itself. So even if you are hearing Yanny, you can take solace in the fact that you're going to get some great products from FabFitFun. New in the summer box is the Forfeo Luna Fofo face scrub brush, which is brand new and has a retail value of $89. This is a pulsating device that helps you get a really good deep clean when cleansing your face. What I really like about it is that it is made of silicone, so it won't require constant replacement of brush heads like other cleansing devices, which is really nice and saves you money in the long run. Um, I also got the Yumi Kim makeup case, the Tarte Tartist Pro Eyeshadow Palette and Sex Kitten Eyeliner, and Aromatherapy De-Stress Muscle Gel, the Vizanti Brighten Up Enzymatic Face Rejuvenator, and a Papaya Enzyme Peel. I am in love with eyeshadow palettes, so I'm using the shit out of the Tarte palette. It's an awesome everyday palette with super highly pigmented colors, and I'm really enjoying doing my best Sarah Huckabee Sanders smoky eye with it. You can sign up for FabFitFun today to get your summer box. The FabFitFun summer box is in limited supply, and those boxes always sell out. 
Use our code millennial to get $10 off your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code millennial to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com. That's F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N.com and use our code millennial to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You won't regret it. Awesome. Uh, We have a couple more stories here, including one that is hidden from the headlines. The story Mm -hmm. I'm about to talk about, I will say right now, uh, this story is going to end in an Andrew Sims confessional that I don't believe I've confessed here on the show before. So um, there's been a big debate about service animals and emotional support animals flying on airplanes um, because people have been taking advantage of these systems. It's it's been pretty easy to classify your animal as an emotional support animal or a service animal. Uh, this all came to a head a couple months ago when <laughs> when United Airlines barred an emotional support peacock from boarding. There was a picture. It went viral of this fucking peacock in an airport. Somebody was trying to claim it was their emotional support peacock. People use the emotional slash service animal uh, loophole to get to let their pets fly for free. Um, now American Airlines is telling passengers some of their service and emotional support animals, including goats, hedgehogs, and tusked, tusked creatures, can't fly. Sorry, Pam, you can no longer bring your uh, emotional support hedgehog onto your flights. God damn it. <laughs> no Just more flying free for Sonic. Um, so they're not the only airline to start tightening up their rules. The, the question is, why is this a thing that needs to be stated? Unfortunately, like I said, people keep taking advantage of it. Federal law requires airlines to permit passengers with disabilities to travel with service and emotional support animals in the cabin, though airlines can require a statement from a licensed mental health professional documenting the passenger's need for an emotional support animal. So what you need to do, you need to go to your psychiatrist or therapist and say, hey, can you write up my dog as an emotional support dog? Okay, you get the paperwork, you bring it to the airport, uh, then the dog can fly for free, no bag either. Uh, they they can just sit on the floor. Um, and it's a great way that you travel with your pet. Do you see where I'm going with this? My confessional is I have been one of these people taking advantage of these loopholes. Um, when I got Brooklyn a few years ago, I wanted to bring him home to New Jersey from California. And I bought a travel bag. But he's a he's a doodle. He's too long for these bags. I got the biggest one. Couldn't make him fit in it. Then one of my friends in L.A. said, oh, well, just say it's a service dog. I was like, what? Well, what's my service? You can use a... You can claim that your dog is seizure support, that your dog is, uh, you know, helping uh, you if you're blind. Now, of course, you can't fake blindness that means stupid but i have said oh brooklyn's a seizure support animal you do not need paperwork you do not need to prove it all they can ask you legally is what service does the dog provide i have flown brooklyn for free countless times he's a very well-behaved dog so he you know he's not out of control on these flights if if he was i would second guess it 
But I think these days, it, it's so easy to circumvent the system that too many people are taking advantage of it. And you see these dogs who are clearly not service animals flying on your plane. It's yapping. It's barking at other dogs. It's whining. It's, you know, it's not staying close to its owner. There are dogs where it's like, okay, that is very obviously <laughs> not a support animal. <laughs> so that's what's happening. Um, what do you two make of my confession? Are you disgusted with me? I already knew. Yeah, you I think I already me. knew too, because you told me to do this with Jasper. Oh. Yeah, you oh. told me to do it with Camilla too. And did you two do it? No. No. Why not? Because I, I haven't had to fly anywhere with Jasper yet. Yeah, I haven't had any need. I, I have flown with Canella before, but that was when I brought her home from Costa Rica. Oh, okay. I'm surprised that's allowed. What? Bringing them international? Yeah. I mean, you have to do all the right paperwork. Yeah. But yeah, I just had to get her a rabies shot and bring the documentation proving that she had had it. And, you know, I had to pay for her spot on the plane. Mm-hmm. So I actually am glad that the airlines are trying to crack down on this because, like I said, it, it it's gotten out of control. You see too many pets on board because people know um, their pet can fly for free if they do it. The emotional support animal, that requires paperwork, but the service animal, it does not. Um, and that's why it's so easy to to beat. But I, w- I would pay to fly Brooklyn if I knew they weren't going to throw them down in the undercarriage animals die this way i would much rather have them right below my feet where i can see them nice and safe and if he was smaller i'd definitely put him in a bag but he's just too big for a bag then again he's not a big dog i don't want anybody to think i'm bringing like a golden retriever sized dog on the plane <laughs> uh. yeah i mean there are airlines that have completely gotten rid of putting dogs in with the luggage um, like JetBlue is one that won't do it anymore. I think Southwest mm. won't do it anymore. So they will let animals in cabin if they meet certain requirements. Mm-hmm. You know, like being able to fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been there's been attempts in Congress to try to make this tougher to beat as well. But we know how Congress moves. It takes them forever to do anything. So we'll see if anything actually happens uh one of our listeners angel she's chiming in my cats are emotional support animals i have paperwork from a therapist on an emotional support therapist website this way i get free rent and they can't charge me pet insurance honestly that is more important to me than flying my dog on a plane (laughs) yeah it's like making sure i can actually find a place to live that'll take him right yeah because some places they'll be like no pets allowed but they yeah, can't say that to you if it's a service animal. Also, also because my dog is a terrier, uh, they a lot of places won't take terriers because it's uh, people like to breed terriers with pit bulls, and there's a lot of discrimination against pit bulls out in mm-hmm. the world, which is ridiculous. So even if I did apply like right now and say he was like a support animal, I would have to lie about his breed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Angel brings up another good point, too. Maybe it makes me a horrible person, she says, but if infants can live in an apartment without a deposit, I don't know why my cat should have to pay extra rent and a deposit. Yeah, those infants are loud. And they're not potty trained. (laughs) Right. You should do it, Pam. 
Oh, that's the plan. I'm not even going to lie about that. (laughs) I'm going to start bringing my emotional support iguana or like something totally (laughs) random like that. Be like, this platypus gives me hope. Or like a random raccoon you find on the street before you head to the airport. (laughs) Only if it's Rocket Raccoon. I'll take I'm going to bring my emotional support Yanny on board. Oh, your Laurel? <laughs> no, my Yanny. <laughs> <sighs> All right, are we ready for some hidden from the headlines, y'all? Yeah. All right, buckle up because this is going to piss you off. So, Andrew yes. Smith, the lawyer who represented Equifax during their massive data breach scandal last year, has been appointed by the Trump administration to run the Federal Trade Commission's Consumer Protection Bureau. Which is the office in charge of investigating Equifax. So just as a reminder, in September of last year, Equifax announced that it had been the victim of a massive hack during which the hackers stole the personal data of more than 143 million Americas. So that's literally 44% of the U.S. population. So stolen information included everything from social security numbers, past and present addresses, even driver's license numbers everything that somebody would need to steal your identity. I think he consistently hires people who do the opposite of what these organizations, these groups are supposed to do. Like Scott Pruitt at the EPA. Mm -hmm. He's not looking to protect the environment. In fact, he's made it easier to develop protected lands. Um, I think this is just another horrible move. And something that, you know, we introduced this as the hidden from the headlines story people are never going to notice and that's why we do have to pay attention to what trump is doing outside of tweeting exactly yeah and i mean it's it's worth noting that the ftc's consumer protection office is the federal government office in charge of investigating these kinds of scandals and recommending what action the government should take against the company and or what new regulations to put in place to ensure that those things don't happen again So Andrew Smith is literally going to be in charge of the office that is investigating Equifax, which is a complete conflict of interest, as Andrew just said. It's so blatantly transparent, and yet nobody's fucking talking about it. Yeah, I mean, and just let's remember this Equifax scandal. There was not enough outrage about that. The personal data of more than 143 million Americans was stolen. That's half the U.S. population. And, and they, they offered us some free protection for like a year. Oh, thanks, guys. Anything else you're going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Like, that was a horrible thing that occurred. And Equi- Equifax isn't paying for it. Right. And I mean, we, you know, we have noted here that when Andrew Smith spoke at a Senate hearing last October, he was practically having a little crybaby meltdown about how bureaus like Equifax already face too much scrutiny. So he said that Equifax and its peers have been subject to essentially continuous examination cycles that force them to expend substantial resources responding to examiner requests, a.k.a., oh, woe is me, we leaked 50% of the U.S. population's identifying information and now you're asking us to fix it, and it's going to cost us a lot of money. Right. Nah, bitch. Mm-hmm. 
People in power have it damn easy. Yeah, well, this is why elections matter. Like, I cannot drive home the point. I get so fucking sick and tired of the false equivalency brigade out here being like, Trump and Hillary are both terrible. Hillary wouldn't have appointed this fucker. No. She wouldn't have appointed Scott Pruitt. Right. She wouldn't have appointed Rick Perry. She wouldn't have appointed uh, Rex Tillerson. Any of these fuckheads who are directly overseeing things that are clear conflicts of interest for them. Mm -hmm. So don't vote like a little bitch in November. Yeah. (laughs) Vote for people who will let us continue to bring our emotional support peacocks (laughs) on planes. By the way, Pam, Angel recommends emotionalsupportpet.com. They'll hook you up. Thanks, Rachel. Angel. Oh, Angel. <laughs> My bad. Slorl <laughs> like- and Yanny all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought, by the way, sorry to completely step off the topic, but I, I bought a uh, service animal vest from like ebay or something for 30 bucks and i got a little id for brooklyn they make an id for you a photo id (laughs) with this picture on it that's amazing Uh, it's so convincing oh my gosh this is why like one day none of this is gonna work you know because it's too easy to get it now yeah and one day i'm gonna actually have a seizure right and And brooklyn won't be able to to help you Brooklyn, what's that badge for? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, anything else we want to say about this? Just keep an eye on it and reach out to your representatives and let them know that you see this shit. I see you. All right. All right. It's time now for Surprise Bitch. Surprise Surprise Bitch. Surprise Bitch. Hello. Hey then. Oh my gosh, I knew that this was going to happen. <laughs> what? This is Yanny. <laughs> you mean Laurel? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Hayden. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You down in Atlanta? I am. Have you ever run into Laura? I have not. Not that you know of. I have many disguises. So we've probably crossed paths many times. How are you? What are you I'm up to tonight? Trying to clean up my house. We just got back from a long trip, so I we have stuff everywhere from unpacking and moving stuff. Where'd you go? I was in London. Oh shit, that's Ooh, nice. Ooh, fancy. What gay bars did you go to? What what? <laughs> Never mind. In the butt. <laughs> Hey, um, earlier in the episode, we were talking about saving for retirement. Are you an adult? Do you do that type of thing? Uh, I am an adult, and I attempt to do that, yeah. but Th- not quite well. Through what? I have a 401k. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Outside of that, it's kind of shit still. So. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you watch the royal wedding, or were you in the midst of traveling? No, we just got back the day before the royal wedding. So, and our bodies were still so jet lagged. So, we woke up at like 3 a.m. thinking it was 8 a.m. So, by the time the wedding was on, we were just already awake. So, we figured we'd watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you were over there right before it happened then. Was there, did you sense wedding fever in the air? 
Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot of, like, things with their faces on it. Um, I bought lots of souvenirs. My mom had requested a tea towel with uh, their faces on it, so that's what I got her. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. So, can, can Yeah, you there was s- stuff everywhere. Can you send some of that to Pam's mom? She's actually... Or grandmother, did you say, Pam? <laughs> Both, actually, but my mom is super obsessed, and she'll be <laughs> jealous of your mom. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, there was so much stuff and even like we were walking across the bridge and like this guy was asking these random people are like are you here to watch the wedding and they're like no they're like okay well can we quote you for that because i'm with cnn and we're like oh okay <laughs> people <laughs> Just, in like, london people aren't here for around. wedding yeah <laughs> um did you hey were you, did you listen to that episode where i was talking about that strip club that i went to in atlanta surf club strip club no the claremont strip club yes yeah, the Claremont. Have yeah, you, I heard that episode. Have you been to the Claremont? I actually had never heard. I only moved to Atlanta a little over a year ago. So I had never even heard about it before until you guys talked about it. Oh, wow. Oh, you got to go. It is an experience. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can watch an 80-year-old lady crush a beer can between her titties. It's yeah. pretty fun. I mean... If that's not a night out, I don't know what is. Exactly. So you've only been here for, you said, like, what, a couple of years? Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite, uh, like, neighborhood in Atlanta? Like, are there any particular neighborhoods you really like hanging out in? Um, I don't really travel much outside. I live in Vinings, so okay. I don't really travel much outside of, like, this area because, like, we live like a mile from SunTrust Stadium, so we're always at baseball games, and yep. we have like a little shopping center right next to us too. So we kind of stay in the like Cobb area between like Marietta and here. Yeah, I mean it's still a nice part of town. What surprised me about Marietta, I hadn't spent much time uh, over here, but there's a lot of good food over here, like so a lot of really good, good like Asian and Latin food. Like, oh my God, I come over to this side of town and gain mm-hmm. like 20 pounds immediately. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is Taqueria Tsunami. It's Asian yes! Mexican fusion. Oh, so I love good. that place. It's so good. I think you two have a date night in your future. I know. <laughs> Hayden, you just shoot me a message and we'll get together and go to like I Heart Sushi or Sushi Village. That's also probably near you. Super good. $13 okay. all-you-can-eat sushi. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, it's amazing. They have a KFC roll where they make sushi with KFC chicken in it. Oh, damn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag America. <laughs> Hashtag welcome to the <laughs> South. Time to get fat. <laughs> Have you been to the original Chick-fil-A? That's the important question. I actually haven't. Just because it's so far south of the city, we just don't get down there very often. It would be like have to be like a special trip. Yeah. Oh, I, that didn't stop me. I, I traveled down there. <laughs> I don't care how long it would have taken. <laughs> uh, it's an experience. Anyway, uh, Hayden, thanks for your support. I know you've been a longtime listener supporter. We appreciate it. Yeah. And... uh Hope you have a good rest of your night down in Atlanta. Okay, thanks. No thanks problem. for calling. No problem. Talk have to you later. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. She was sweet. 
I always get so excited when we call Atlanta listeners because I feel like there's this perception that people from the South are like country bumpkins. And then we always get these Atlanta listeners who are wonderful. And I'm like, see, guys, <laughs> it's not everyone's really, a redneck. <laughs> it's a really cool city. I, I was there last October for like 48 hours and it was, I wish I had been there longer. I want to go back. Yeah, it is well, great. you have a fold-out couch with your name on it next time you do. <sighs> Laura, so tempting. For do real. It. <laughs> you and can hang out with my barky dog. Yes, perfect. And then we can go drink uh, mixed drinks at uh, Wet Willie's. Sold. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was real good. Mm-hmm. And then I'll give you a hot brown, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a meal at Chick-fil-A. Sorry, I should have clarified. Hot brown. I'm glad you did. I don't have to Urban Dictionary, so really <laughs> scary. It's really awful. <laughs> I mean, they call this thing. This is only at the original Chick Fil A. It's called a hot brown. It's got like mashed potatoes, bacon, toast, cheese, tons of stuff in it. But hot brown. That sounds awful. And they have a. That does sound awful. They have a T-shirt with this on it. It says hot brown, and I was like, I don't want to buy something that reminds me of shit that just left an asshole. Fresh and hot, out of my ass. <laughs> I mean, it is Georgia. I grew up in a town called Cumming, so... Do you have a shirt that says Cumming? You can actually buy t-shirts that say, I heart Cumming. And then in tiny little letters underneath, it says Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I really want one of those. <laughs> well, if I get you for Secret Santa again this year, then I'll Pretty. get you one. Pretty, pretty please. It's been a fun episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Patrons who have been tuning in live today, thank you for joining us. It's always fun to get your live feedback. You can pledge, if you don't already, over at patreon.com slash millennial, and you'll have instant access to tons of benefits, including those new landies we mentioned at the top of the episode. Uh, You can enter the surprise bitch form. And one day, we might call you. You also get ad-free editions of the show and, of course, our flagship benefit, which is After Dark. And in this week's episode of After Dark, we're doing another WTF News edition. We've got a few stories here I was reading through today in preparation, and oh, my God. (laughs) People are fucked. (laughs) So we will talk about those. And uh, just a little tease in the weeks ahead, we have some people joining us some mm-hmm. guests to sit in with us and and uh contribute to the show we're looking forward to that at least one of whom has very impressive credentials and i'm super excited oh about. your boyfriend mark don't brag about him like that it's not oh i'm not talking about him oh okay <laughs> never mind all right thanks everybody for listening our outro music today is the Kingdom Choir performing performing Stand By Me at the Royal Wedding. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye. No, Bye. I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me So darling, darling, stand by me Stand by me, stand by me.